Coming up today on In the News. As the GoForth trial wrapped up this past week, there were plenty of threats made against Tammy and Kevin, but also their public defenders. Plus, a Saskatoon man taking to the streets to try and curb child luring. And a new segment on In the News is being introduced today as we keep an eye on Ottawa and what's been happening with politics. Thank you for joining us today. I am Kayla Gelman, and once again, Brady Knight sits across from me. Great to be back. We went on a long pause. Sorry about that, oh, folks. It was it was a while. It, it, I, it, it, okay, it wasn't planned, and no. we, we knew we were going to take a little break over Christmas. Yeah. And then life just kind of got super busy. Extended into January and partway into February. And now here we are finally. But the important part is we're back. We're back. We're back. And uh, and we got a great show lined up today. Yeah. Jam-packed show. So let's just dive right into it right now. First thing we want to talk about is the Go Forth trial that has just wrapped up. Uh, For those of you who don't really know what's been going on, Tammy Goforth was convicted of second-degree murder and Kevin Goforth was convicted of manslaughter with the death of the four-year-old girl who was under their care. And it's been a very hard few um, weeks going through this trial. It it really has been, and it's been very, very emotional um, following a lot of the coverage online. Uh, the courtroom every day is being packed with friends and family and uh the girl's uh mother who was there for most of the proceedings as well if not all of it uh, of course the go forths were foster parents to these two girls uh when all of this was going down um and of course they've been convicted they're in custody there was a sentencing hearing on friday the sentence will be handed down uh early next month uh and we'll see what they actually end up getting and, of course, there have been many, probably vile would be the best way to describe them, comments made mm-hmm. online um, against the Goforths. But there have also been a lot that I've been seeing against their defense lawyers. And both of the defense lawyers, Noah Evanchuk and Jeff Deagle, uh, were appointed. Uh, they were public defenders who were appointed uh, to defend the Goforths in this trial. And there have been days where they've needed security to just get in and out of the building to get into court. And there have been threats made against them. There have been threats made against their families. These people are just doing their job. And that's what it really comes down to. I mean, you're looking at the situation and you're looking at the evidence that's been coming out and... Yes, it's obvious now these people have done some very horrible things. This is an absolutely awful situation that no family or no person should ever have to go through. But at the same time, we have a justice system for a reason, right? We have a constitutional right to have a fair trial and have a defense. Well, you're innocent until proven guilty. You, you can make a good argument that that's not always the case in the eyes of the public, but what matters in this case is in the eyes of the law and what's before the courts, right? And that's and that's exactly it. And I, I just don't think some people realize how important the role of public defenders are. They don't have to 
believe the people that they're defending. No, they don't have to agree with them whatsoever, but they have a job to do. And that's just it. And I think it was in the Leader Post earlier this week or last week when they published an editorial on this. And they said straight up, there are some countries in the world where justice is served by village lynch mobs. And I don't think we want that here. I can't picture what a world would be like with that. And nor do I want to. I want to be able to know that there is going to be some form of justice. These people that are sending death threats and 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 saying these awful things what put yourself in that couple's shoes right now yes these two people committed god-awful crimes to a young child who that's not what this child deserves but the matter is it happened now if you were in that shoes are you not going to want some form of representation? Pretty sure you're going to want something. Exactly. And if some of these people who've been making some of these comments and threats online are eventually, you know, brought and held to account, which has been done in the past, there have been situations where people have been charged for comments they have made online. Um, I don't know, of course, if this, that'll be the case in this situation, but you'd think that they'd want somebody to be able to defend them as well because that's the way our justice system works is you have somebody to argue on your behalf. At times, does that mean pointing to evidence that the Crown would put in and saying, hey, we're going to challenge this? Of course, but that's mm -hmm. the job. That is the job of the defense to make the Crown prove their case against whoever's being charged and make sure that these people are indeed guilty of what they've been suspected of doing and ensure that the justice system prevails, not just pure emotion. Well, and we, we discussed this a little bit earlier before um, before starting this about it, what about in times where, and I'm not saying that this is the case whatsoever, but wrongfully accused people, what about them? Like, There's so many ifs and what's around, around this to... To start dragging down a defense lawyer, like, and Saskatchewan, of course, being home to one of the most famous wrongful conviction cases ever in David Milgard, uh, who was wrongfully convicted of murdering a nurse back in, I believe, it was the seventies or eighties when he was charged, and he served over twenty years for a crime he didn't commit before he was finally found that no, in fact, he did not commit that crime and that's another reason to make sure that there's a solid defense team and I think there has to be a lot of praise directed towards uh, these two lawyers who have done a very good job they provided and uh, they took on a nasty case they really did and it's been so difficult in the fact that of course there's been immense media attention from across the country on this thing mm -hmm. and they took it on they did their job they did what they have to do uh and as they said themselves after all of this was over it's a job that just somebody has to do it and they went and they did it So 
So earlier this week, an Elections Manitoba enumerator was fired after someone recognized this man going door to door as a child sex offender. Now, Elections Manitoba doesn't require criminal record checks for the people they employ during uh, the times when elections are on and the lead up to that period. And many organizations that do go door to door don't either. But now people are starting to it's, maybe rethink that it's policy. It's caused quite a stir in uh, in Manitoba right now over this, and and I think it kind of should. I I've I'm like in the middle of this story right now. I can fall on either side of the way it goes. We, we were having a discussion before <laughs> before we actually sat down to record this, and um, it was you brought up a couple of very good points. One, of course, being not many people would be very comfortable with a convicted child sex offender coming to no. their door, especially, you know, uh, in residential areas where they're mainly going, where there are lots of kids around. And I think it's just worth noting, like, this is un- unsupervised. There's no supervision um, happening. Not saying, like, that they always need supervision and everything, but just something to be aware of. It's just an environment that isn't as controlled as no. a lot of other employment environments. And if you are a registered sex offender going into neighborhoods with children, going to doors where sometimes a kid answers the door, it's just, it's an uncomfortable situation that you would hope would be avoided. There is reasons why police will release out reports when a registered sex offender is released back into the community and lets you know where that person is living so that you can just be aware of it it's it's one of those things where it just doesn't quite sit right it's with you. unsettling but at the same time you also brought up the point that these are people too and they've served their time mm-hmm. and now they're back and they have to reintegrate into society some way. And they one of do. those ways is you have to get a job of some kind. And this is where I fall on the other side and have a hard time with this story is because when are we going to start cutting some people, these people, a little bit of slack and letting them carry on their life? This is something that they are going to live with for the rest of their life. It is mm-hmm registered they will always be having to let people know yes i'm a registered sex offender which makes me also wonder just think about that right now was it not brought forth to um the election people that this guy like no one knew that he was a registered sex offender or are they just they weren't required they weren't required to do a criminal record check on the man and in that case um he may have also broken something by failing to disclose, well, but that's, that's going to vary depending on a bunch of different circumstances and what exactly uh, came down with his particular sentence. I guess depending to if he is um, known for reoffending, or I guess there's well, so exactly. many factors and, with this is a problem. There are so many different factors. Do we know is he does he is a high percentage of him reoffending, or was this just a Oops, one-time deal, I screwed up, now I need to get my life on track. Well, and it's one of those things where you you can't be trying to have a one-size-fits-all for everything because it's going to vary so drastically from individual to individual. Mm-hmm. And it's really def- difficult to write policy on that, right? Basically, what 
after discussing this earlier, I kind of, my stance on this was, I do believe that people, depending depending on the severity of the crime. Right. Um, should have the opportunity if they are allowed to, if they are released from prison and he is not thinking, like people don't think he's going to reoffend or there's a very slight chance he will reoffend, give the guy a chance to pick up the pieces and get his life on track again. But at the same time, if there is jobs that are calling to go publicly door to door in residential areas, you need to reconsider who you are hiring those for those positions. So we go from that story in Manitoba to another story, this time in Saskatoon, that just came out a couple days ago about a man who went on Plenty of Fish posing as a 15-year-old girl. And he claimed within a couple of hours of going on there, he had upwards of 150 responses. Did, and do people actually go on Plenty of Fish? Uh, Is the, I didn't even think uh, that was still a thing. Apparently. Apparently. <laughs> I, don't, I, I really don't know. Um, in any event, he arranged to meet a man who wanted to have sex with this fictitious 15-year-old girl. And they met downtown Saskatoon, and the man filmed this encounter and posted it on Facebook. It's been picked up by a couple media outlets since then. Basically, the video is just... The, the guy that did the video... His name's Chase Carnes. Sorry if I pronounced your last name wrong. He um, is just basically walking up to this guy and asking him, like, are you the are you this guy? Are you the wanting one that's wanting to meet up with this 15-year-old girl? And then just starts kind of pounding him with some questions about it. And the guy Publicly goes... Publicly shaming him, Yeah, guy goes into his truck and just doesn't really say a whole lot. And then he takes off. And this is just all caught on camera. And then, yeah, he posted under a fake name onto Facebook and it just kind of went viral. Now there have been some concerns around this and we'll, we'll get that to that in a second, but at first glance, I, I think your first reaction to it, Kaylee, when I told you about it, you were, <laughs> you were kind of, I don't want to use the word excited about I it, was but it was amused. kind of like, yeah, there's like somebody actually doing this sort of thing. Yeah. I, I will admit I had a pretty good chuckle when Brady first told me about this. And then once I calmed myself down, I was like, oh, you know what? This is kind of serious because this guy was going with the intent of meeting with a 15-year-old girl. So then I brought up to the question, what would have happened if this girl was actually there? We don't know. So I, I like this story, though, because it's, for me, I one, I found it entertaining just with how it all played out. Right. But I also found it to be I like the idea that this guy went out and did took basically took things into his own hands because um sometimes I you you wonder what is being done with with stuff like this I'm I know there there's always going to be behind the scenes stuff that's happening but there's a lot that probably doesn't get known to the public so then we're led to believe then maybe there's nothing being done so well I'm going to take matters into my own hands because it seems like nothing's being done. And it looks like that's what that guy did. He he definitely did something that not many people have done before, although apparently there's a whole group in Calgary who is doing something similar to this. Um, police obviously 
concerned about it for a whole host of reasons. Uh, number one, obviously the safety of yourself walking into those sorts of situations. Yeah. Um, but maybe even to a greater extent, the fact that this guy likely will never be charged with anything because there's nothing in terms of evidence that is going no. to be able to be used There's nothing him. in the video whatsoever that'll that'll make him guilty of anything, really. No. And they also make a point that there are entire units, and indeed there is one in Saskatchewan, the Internet Child Exploitation Unit Saskatchewan branch, that does investigations into stuff like this. Um, obviously, though, in a way that they can actually use the evidence in court. But I think it's one of those things where the public doesn't, see that sort of behind the scenes stuff just like they don't no. see the amount of drunk drivers that are pulled over and arrested you only really hear about those kind of cases when there's somebody usually fatally injured in some way shape or form and i think in this case there's a lot of people in the public who are kind of like yeah you know good on you for doing this because i mean we're not seeing the results anywhere else so maybe they're just not happening and i completely agree with that like it's just Maybe if if we were more aware from from police and from these government services no, to know that there are still things happening behind the scenes that they are continuously working on, maybe they were hunting this guy. I don't know. But give us something so we can still keep our faith and know that there are things being done so that regular citizens don't have to start taking matters into their own hand and event and could potentially lead into a very serious situation that could have been prevented. Yeah, it's it's always a difficult situation, and I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to get completely on one side or another here, but mm -hmm. in situations like this, police have such a tough job to do, because I mean, they're dealing with a certain number of resources, they're dealing with all kinds of privacy issues that I would never even want to try to imagine working around and dealing with, but at the same time, trying to provide information to the public so that members of the public don't feel the need to do the sorts of thing these sorts of things on their own but there's there's some some good that can come from this we talked about this earlier and it made the point where we know this guy's face is out there now so get this guy the help that he needs take this video and do something good with it and get him the help so that nothing could happen prevent a problem from happening in the first place rather than having to fix one that that eventually does happen drum roll please intro <laughs> brady hurts his finger <laughs> introducing our brand new segment of in the news I on Ottawa. Yes. So uh, just we're going to be taking a look at federal politics and everything that's happening nationally throughout the country. Basically, this is our way of keeping the good old prime minister and his office in check, at and, least trying to. And speaking of that, uh, recently the arbitrary first hundred days of, <laughs> Brady, tell us how you really feel about that <laughs> the first hundred days of justin trudeau's government being in office passed this past week um okay quick you, pause you here you couldn't see brady putting air quotes when he said 100 days okay so 
this happens with pretty much every government right around the world. And to me, it's just the most arbitrary thing ever. Like who came up with this 100 days concept? What's so special about 100 days? How can it be used as some sort of measuring stick? I, I just don't understand it. Am I going to get acknowledgement for my first 100 days of 2016 for what I did? You, sh- you should. You should get like uh, some sort of, Why can't I, I, I don't know, like a, I don't know, participation ribbon maybe? Well, uh, some ice cream? Give me a freaking cookie. I don't know. A I've cookie? done something. Cookies and cream ice cream. Oh, yeah. Okay. Going to N- now, that, now that we've got that settled. Um, so but yeah, no, I agree. It's it's kind of stupid. In, in any event, first 100 days have passed, and here we are. So we're going to fall into what everyone else is doing and do the 100 days of Justin Trudeau, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. Because why not? <laughs> exactly. Because if I'm not going to get my cookie for my 100 days, I guess I'm just going to talk about someone else's. <laughs> So he's done some good. He definitely has done some good. And I want to make the point with this 100-day thing, what can you really do in 100 days? Like, not really a lot. Well, On the scale of federal, like the federal scale. I don't know. And and you do have the whole Christmas break thing thrown yeah, in there, too. Not yeah. working for a little bit. And, Wish I could and, not work for like a month. <laughs> and all that sort money. of stuff. <laughs> you, you have a bunch of different factors in. And... There are obviously some things you can do in that time, and there's some things you can start in that time. Finishing them off might take a little bit longer. Yeah. Well, look at the Syrian refugee crisis as a perfect example for that. The And this this can go both ways. This can be like, oh, you know, he's doing something good, or other people are cracking the whip on him because he didn't keep up to his promise with right. it. Originally, the idea was um, there were supposed to be 25,000 government-sponsored refugees by the end of 2015. That has now been pushed to the end of February, I believe. And it's been pushed back a couple different times. And I'm going to be honest, this is one thing that doesn't overly concern me too much. I would rather it just be done and done right um, and make sure that these people are getting the supports they need when they come here. Uh, there have been numerous stories of these people staying extended periods in hotels um, in places like Toronto and Montreal and stuff. And so I, I would much rather have that process be done right, take your time, and I don't think it's I don't think it can be indicative of absolutely everything that they're gonna do from here on out for the rest of their term. Yeah, don't don't hold him don't just keep hanging this above his head that oh look at here this is a promise that's broken because you didn't read your timeline maybe prime minister take this as a lesson learned that when you are talking about these types of promises make sure the timeline is realistic so that you don't have people at you if you can't reach it that's just, just well, my, it's just my important, tip for you and it's just important to be realistic in anything and i mean you're always under pressure to be doing that. Um, but I mean, a lot of this he brought down on himself. He made a lot of promises during the election campaign. Yeah. And I mean, good on him for doing that. Uh, totally respect that. But expect to be held to account on those when things like this come up. But at the same time, I'm on the side of... <sighs> Cut the guy some slack. Like, it's just 100 days. Like, he's... He's working on it. There's been a lot that's been 
brought up within these 100 days that are works in progress that I think people need to focus on a bit more than the negative of, oh, he didn't reach his timeline. Something that just got brought up this past week that I'm, you know, I'm, I like it. I think this is a great idea. He's boosting the funding for summer jobs. Um, Right. Now uh, there's going to be up to $113 million each year for three years, which should create about 70,000 jobs for students. From now until, I think he said 2018 2018, or so. I yeah. believe. Yeah. This is fantastic because the students, we've both been in this position. And maybe a little biased for that reason. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> but, but maybe But it's, an, it's an investment there. in the future. It's an investment it in the coming years that will end up paying off i think in the long run and you might not see the returns on it immediately but coming down, down the, the line. road yeah when you're no longer a student and you can get a normal job in the workforce it'll show he made the comment when announcing this that these students are getting invaluable experience exactly get these students the experience that they need so that when the job they want to apply for says that you need two years experience in order to apply oh, guess what? They can actually apply for it. And, you know, it's just, it's get, universities pretty expensive. So you're getting a couple extra bucks in your pocket to help pay for university or whatever you want to do with your money kind of thing. It's just, sometimes it was hard to get a decent summer job. A few it years. It still is in a lot of cases yeah, for a lot of like, people. I had one year, I didn't even think I was going to get a job for summer. Another year, I had an awesome summer job. Like, you just never really know. But when it comes down to that time when you don't know if you're going to get a summer job, it's scary. It really is. Because then you start wondering, how am I going to be able to afford anything once fall comes for university? So I'm definitely all for this. I think this is great. It is fantastic. And I guess we'll look forward. Is, is there a 200-day anniversary? Do we, need, do we need to look back then? Or maybe we'll just wait and see where things go in the next few months and yeah. come back, I don't know, six-month anniversary? I year, know. Year-long thing? All it, I know is I want my cookie. All right, time for Hot or Not Kaylee this week. Who's hot? Who is not? The I'm gonna start with my not so hot. Okay. okay. The NBA All Star Game is in Toronto right now, and all the celebrities and everyone who plays basketball in the NBA who we don't really know much of because no. we don't watch basketball. I'm sorry, I don't like basketball. But anyways, <laughs> what I don't like about this is everyone's complaining about the weather. I will admit, yes. Out East is going through a big cold snap right now. Some polar vortex is back and making things really, really cold. That sucks. But come on, guys. It's Canada in the middle of winter. Suck it up. You knew you were coming to a cold place. Stop whining and complaining. Put on your jacket. Put on your bunny hug, your mitts and toques and stuff, and just do what you came to do. Stop complaining. Then go back to... Miami, wherever you're from, and <laughs> go lay on your hot beach and all that stuff. And what I have no you, sympathy for you. What did you really expect coming to Canada? Yeah, full exactly. Dis- and also full disclosure, sweater. 
It's not a bunny hug. What the? Bunny hug is a Saskatchewan term. It is such a Saskatchewan term, and it still feels so weird saying it. Do you never say bunny hug? I say bunny hug every once in a while. No, like I said it once accidentally, and it felt so wrong. <laughs> okay, anyways, my my hot, I know nothing about this, but um, congratulations to the scientists who have, who think they've been able to prove Einstein's gravitational wave theory (laughs) i really kaylee's face right now is just like like a massive confusion i i'm really tried hard i've read some stuff about it i can't figure out so but you know what it's supposed to be really big for the scientific community um dating back to like the stuff with einstein they were one guy was claiming it one of the um, one of the biggest scientific discoveries since like galileo's um discovery is with the telescope so this is huge so I think this is great. Yeah, definitely. I wish I knew what was going on. I'm sorry <laughs> that I don't, but all for you guys. <laughs> Huge news, definitely. Uh, now, for Brady. Me, for me, not this week. And I just have to go back to the very first story we talked about today. And the people who have been threatening and throwing absolutely vile comments out at Noah Evanchuk and Jeff Deagle, the defense lawyers in the Go Forth trial, it's absolutely uncalled for, unnecessary, mm-hmm. and just completely and utterly it's very insensitive. And these are two people who worked hard, did the job they needed to do. It was an awfully difficult job to do. They did it. They did it well. And we'll just going to have to move forward from here. Just let here. them be now. But that's their job, and big props to them for doing it and to those who have been going out and going out of their way to make these vile comments completely unnecessary completely unnecessary completely non-productive and just generally rude and completely disrespectful yeah uh on the flip side uh you know what's hot this week kaylee uh tim horton's coffee Mm. you know what's not hot (laughs) it's roll up the rim to win season kaylee You know how many times I have won this season thus far? I'm going to say none. Not once. And, okay, you you know, I'm drinking coffee more often than I normally have in the past. And so I, but I still don't drink a whole lot. I don't, it's not a daily thing Mm -hmm. for me, but I'll have two or three a week kind of thing. And I, I still haven't won. And I know it's still early and this has just been back for a little bit, but what happens i've only won like twice in my entire <laughs> life come on tim hortons cut brady some slack let him win just just once just that's that would be all just if there could be that one day where I, I finish it off and i set it down on the table carefully take the lid off to make sure that the condensation isn't going to spill all over the place <laughs> set it down and then with great anticipation <laughs> sit there and and roll it up and struggle with it because I don't have any nails to be able to get underneath the thing. And finally, after that, struggling awkwardly for 30 seconds and rolling it backwards and having somebody look over from beside you out of mild curiosity as to why I'm struggling so much with this. <laughs> and rolling it up oh and seeing goodness. something other than the ever so Canadian message, please play again. <laughs> if, if I could one day just see when, even if it's just like, you know, a coffee. <laughs> Or a donut. It's it's a little it's a little simple things in life. Tim Hortons, I'm counting on you. 
Okay, so I think that just about does it for this week. <laughs> I'm still laughing at Brady with his roll up the rim. Yeah, I was uh, glad to finally be back. Sorry once again for the long hiatus, but we are back in edits, bringing you the news. And uh, we will be back shortly again with a new episode. But uh, until then, feel free to follow along online. Uh, in the news, not blogspot.ca. And then uh, from the last episode, we just started our Twitter account at in the news YQR. So you can follow us there. Um, also, Brady and I both have our own individual Twitter. We're also on Facebook. Check us out there. Uh, we love hearing what you guys think about the show. Let us know what you think. And if you have your own ideas, it'd be great. We gotta get going because my dog won't stop scratching at the door. 